0: Everyone, if you're visiting for the first time, no, I'm not Michael White, the minister. Uh, this congregation of brethren have decided that on the fifth Sunday of a month, any month that has a fifth Sunday, that another brother in the congregation will preach. So uh, I was asked to do so, and whenever I have an opportunity to stand before God's people, Um, I take it as a privilege, Um, and because I don't do it regularly, uh, I always like to acknowledge God and give him the glory, honor, and praise for the very fact that I'm able to stand before you. Um, Because of him, you know, I had the ability to study his word and be able to share something of what I've studied. And if you're visiting, we encourage you to follow along. We are a Bible-believing church. We believe that everything that we say and do should come from God's holy and divine word. I appreciate the reading of the scripture. Uh, I am going to read it again for the sake of emphasis. Uh, So where you are, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. And I'm going to be reading from the King James Version, which will give you a, a different understanding of what God's word says. If you're reading from a Bible that has red letter editions, you know that these are told to us, at least the words that Jesus spoke for a He says, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Many there be which go in thereat, Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leads unto life, And you, there be that finder. I want our young people as well as the adults to listen uh, to this message. You know, maybe you're here as a student, and after school or after class, your friends are deciding, uh, you know, what are we going to do? You know, where are we going to go? Maybe what mischief we're going to get into. For some of uh, us men, you know, we... We hang out with our buddies and, you know, we decide, especially a weekend, you know, hey, where, what we're going to do, where are we going to go. For women, we you know, and women seem to do this more than men, they have the girls' night out. And so they decide, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, let's do this and let's do that and, you know, leave the man at home. Well, maybe you don't fit into one of those categories, you've never been in that situation. But maybe you get together with your cousins. You know, a lot of families have family reunions. this time of the year. It's getting warm. They're planning picnics, going out to the park. We're deciding what are we going to do. You know, uh, what are we going to get into? What, What are we going to do this year maybe that's different from last year? Or if you're working, you're in an office, and, you know, after working five days a week, you come up on Friday, and, you know, everybody's talking about what they're going to do on the weekend. You know, and, and maybe you're thinking about going out to happy hour. Probably somewhere in one of those situations, maybe you've heard, maybe you've even uttered these words. I'll do what everybody else does. I'll do whatever the rest does. And so, Jesus preaches a, a message here. As you know, this is Jesus' sermon on the mount. He's talking to his disciples. He's trying to 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 give them the flavor, the mentality, the spirituality that they should have eventually when he's no longer there. They're they're going to be left to preach his word. And all the way down to you and I today. So I want us to think today, and I appreciate James for leading that song. Yeah, I was trying to figure out a song that would best fit the message, but I thought that was a good one. because. We as Christians have to recognize this world is not our home. And just as Jesus was telling his disciples, you know, someone may say, well, you know, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Maybe you heard one of your friends say, well, everybody else is doing it. I know some children give that excuse to their parents. Well, everybody. want to give some pause to doing it. A lot of things create that word, that phrase, everybody's doing. And in most cases, it's peer pressure. I can't imagine what our, our, our young people are going through today with the peer pressure that they're getting. Social media, with the Instagrams, with the Snapchat, that they have that that are all over the place. That I'm, I'm hearing this stuff. I'm not even on Facebook. So I don't even know a lot of the things that go on. My wife tells me. Him or her or whoever it is. Everybody's doing. And so that's the excuse we give. But as a Christian, young people, that should not be it. We're going to look at that. I mentioned we're Bible-believing church, so we're going to turn the scriptures. Grab your Bibles or your, your iPad or your phone or whatever you have. There's encouragement for you as a child of God. If you're a young person, a teenager, maybe you're in college, There's encouragement for you. Look at Jesus. Jesus was 12 years old when he was in the temple asking questions and answering questions to the rabbis, the teachers of the law. So religion isn't about being an adult. It's about understanding what the will of God is for me in this life. Because it's God that has given us all things pertaining to life and God. It's God that has given us his word. It's God that has told us that we shouldn't have any private interpretation of the scripture. It's God who has said, he told Paul to tell through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, speak thou the things that become sound doctrine. Those are the words from God that you and I have to be reminded of. And so as we consider everybody's doing it, well, let's look at the encouragement that we get from God's Word. Turn to your Bibles, if you will, 1 Timothy chapter 4. And I'm speaking right now to the young people. As adults, you can, you know, this is information that you can help to encourage your young people, your child, or maybe someone that you're mentoring. First Timothy chapter 4, Paul tells Timothy in verse number 12. He says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Paul was telling Timothy that just because you're a young man, and maybe there are going to be those that you speak to that are older than you, that maybe they've been around the law, or or maybe they've been around the, the, the gospel, and they think they know some things. Let no man the fact that you're young. And so young people, you have some influence in this world that you can encourage someone else. Remember, Jesus himself said when he was here, Matthew chapter 19, verse number 14, suffer the little children to come under me, for such is the kingdom of God. By all means, God was not trying to hinder children from accepting the truth. And so, there are many other passages, and for the sake of time, I'm, I'm not going to belabor them all, but remember the instruction that Paul gave to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. He says, Honor thy father and mother. And then he tells them that, you know what? If you do that, your days may be long. I'm paraphrasing here. Your days may be long on the earth. And so, it became, that's the first command with promise. And so I I look out in the audience and I see some of our elderly. And the only thing I can think of is they honor father and mother. If they use the law, I believe it's the psalmist that tells us that a man's years are three-score and ten. Seventy. So if you live beyond that, you live what the Bible has said a man's years are. And they're still living. So It's the first commandment promise. So young people, you want a recipe for living long? Honor Father and Mother. Don't do what everybody else is doing. Don't follow the crowd. Because many people, many children, I listen, I coach sports. I hear how children are disrespecting their parents. Everybody's doing it. Shouldn't roll off our lips that easy. Because a lot of things that people are doing, Displeasing the Almighty God, and when it's all said and done, we stand before the judgment bar, of God. There's only going to be one person. i us sure not to heaven. And we're going to look at we're going to look at the scriptures that Jesus tells us a little bit further down in our script past our scripture text. What he says on that eventual day, some are going to, going to say, "Depart from me, you workers of iniquity." And so, as young people, we want to make sure that we are doing. Uh, What thus saith the Lord? Be grateful, young people. Looking at me like, what is he talking about? So, you know, uh, Warner Wolf, those of you from this area, Warner Wolf used to say, let's go to the videotape. But I'm going to say, let's go to the Word of God. Don't take my word for it. Let's see what the Word of God says. in, in Deuteronomy chapter 21, beginning in verse number 18, this was a command that was given to the Israelites. This is part of the law. a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they, have chast- or when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him unto the elders of the city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall most of you are familiar with the scripture that says spoil the child, spare the rod, and so forth. But turn to Proverbs chapter 23. Maybe you didn't know the scripture was in there. Proverbs chapter 23, excuse me, verse number 13. And that scripture says, withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him, I'm reading King James Version. Some other versions might, you know, might not say the same thing. If thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Now you know what you know what family services diapers say. <laughs> <laughs> diapers says, you know what, you better not lay hands on them, and they try to come in your house and tell you how to raise your child. God's telling you, if you're disappointed, God's telling you discipline them, guess what? He ain't gonna die. She ain't gonna die. But the purpose of it is to correct them. And we're not talking about abusing them. We're talking correction. Because what correction will do is it will get them to straighten up and not to disobey and disrespect you. And so young people, you know, again, this is for encouragement. This is not to beat you down or, you know, to say, oh, he's picking on. No, because I'm going to talk to the men as well. Everybody's doing it. Shouldn't be so quick to roll up our tongues, especially if we're a child of God. And so for us men, you know, we, we go out, we hang out with the fellas, the homeboys, and you know, we do the pound and the, the bro hugs and all that stuff. And the world looks at us as being macho. We're supposed to be macho, you know. If we if we shed a tear, you know, we're a wimp. Well, they got some other words for us that I'm not going to use here. And so, as men, you know, we're supposed to walk around with our chest sticking out and our shoulders broad, looking like something out of, I don't know what, some movie, I guess. But we have to recognize, do you realize that God has empowered men to carry out the gospel of Jesus Christ? Jesus said, we're all familiar, those of us that are Bible students. In Matthew chapter 20, he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He was talking to his disciples. Those we were Do His will, and so when we, as men, we go out to happy hours and and we drink beer and all this other stuff that they have, we say, "Well, everybody else was doing it. Should we? Should we go out? Should we be in that environment? Should we be doing those things?" And, you know, I've heard on occasion, someone said, well, you know, I, I used that opportunity to talk to my co-workers. There ain't a single co-worker that's thinking about the word of God in some, some man's bar enjoying happy hour. Because if they were thinking about God, they wouldn't be there. And so we have to recognize that God asked us to use wisdom in how we deliver the word of God. And so we must be mindful of these things. Turning the Bible to Ephesians. And, and, you know, it's a shame that, you know, sports is supposed to be for sports, but oftentimes a lot of what we hear is going on in sports or what these athletes are doing to their girlfriends or wives or whatever, the domestic violence and so forth. And it's a shame. And so, you know, that seems to be what is Portrayed, you know, in sports sometimes more than the actual sport itself. Especially when certain men's names are, are mentioned. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul tells the church in Ephesus about the relationship of the husband and the wife. And, the, and he, he, he puts in there the fact that husbands in verse number 25 should love your wife even as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for it. He goes down a little bit further, and those verses 23 through 25 are the verses that I referred to a lot in this chapter. But when you look at verse number 28, he expounds on that a little bit further, that love that a man should have for his wife. He says, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. And so we have to recognize, you know, in the beginning, God says, shall a man leave father and mother and plead to his wife. They become one flesh. And so we have to recognize that these men that are going out here doing these things, they're beaten on their own. The people else because they have become one. And they're disrespecting what God has put together. That should not be us. And so that should never be named amongst those of us of the household of faith. And so we are, as men, ought to be encouraged. And, you know, maybe someone says, well, you know, why did you do that? And you say, well, you know, everybody else was doing this. So I heard he was doing it. And he was able to set his wife and order it. No. That's not what the Bible says. You're a child of God. And so we treat women as we are. And, and the greatest thing is the fact that we as men, we have the word of God. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. That when we learn what the Bible says, we can proclaim this to men and help men to understand truly what they should be doing. What's pleasing to God, and the fact that everybody else is doing it, I don't want to have any part it. And so we, those are the things that men should be doing. We should recognize the, the fact that we have the power to preach the word of God then it's a privilege from Almighty God. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, Second Timothy chapter, chapter 4. Again, many of us that are Bible students may be familiar with this passage. This, again, was Paul's charge to Timothy. The responsibility that he was supposed to, to, to give to others that he taught. And he says in verse number 1, I charge thee, therefore, before God and Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will, go, will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch now in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of the ministry. That's what we as men should be doing, not what everybody else is doing. And as Jesus tells us, there are going to be many that are going to do that which is going to lead to destruction. I want to be a part of the few that's going to find eternal life. And the encouragement is for you as well. Women, don't think you were off the hook. Don't think I'm going to let you off the hook. Women, you know, so, I mean, it's society as a whole. And we as Christians, as Jesus said in chapter 5 of this sermon, we have to be the salt of the earth. Children that are Christians, men that are Christians, women that are Christian. We have to be the light of the world. If we're not, how can we expect the world to change? The salt of the earth, salt preserves. It flavors. If the church is not the salt, if the church is not giving the world the flavor of Christ, it's not preserving the word of God. How is the world going to do it? The answer is they're not. And if we as members of the church are saying, well, everybody else is doing it, and we're following along, what kind of influence are we having them to do the will of Almighty God? Absolutely not. And so, women, God has called you to be women of the Bible. We see from the beginning. God actually says that women are to be a help me. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. And for you young women, I encourage you to follow along. Just because I'm, I'm not talking about the youth anymore. But you young women should understand this as well. Some of you may be courting, dating, thinking about getting married. Most women think about marriage before men anyway. And so as you consider that, consider what God expects of you in finding a mate. In choosing someone that we're talking spend the rest of your life. See, to me, the D word, that's like a curse word. I don't have no part of it. I don't believe God does either. So when we choose someone, we want to choose someone that we're going to stay with for the rest of our lives. And so in Genesis chapter 2, we see that God said that in verse number 20, And Adam gave names to all the cattle, and the fowl, and the air, and every beast of the field. But Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. And so we go on, and, and it explains how God caused Adam to go into a deep sleep. And he took from his rib. That's the reason why men have one less rib than women do. And, and from that rib, he made woman. And brought her unto the man, and Adam said, "This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh." Verse number twenty-three. And she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Remember, I said earlier, Paul told Titus, "Speak down the things that become sound doctrine." I said that, but see now it becomes sound doctrine because we can back it up in scripture, and so that's what God wants woman to aspire to, to be that help meet for the man. And so, as a help meet, you help to nurture the children. You help to raise the children. You help to provide, uh, excuse me, you help to take care of the household. Turning your Bible to Titus. Titus chapter 2 helps us to understand what those of us that are older women, excuse me, those of you, excuse me, those of you, not those of us. Those of you that are older women. <laughs> in Titus chapter 2, verse number 3, he says The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home. Good, obedient to their own husbands, not sneaking around at night, not waiting till he goes to sleep, doing other things, getting on the internet and, and trying to make a contact. He says their own husbands that the word of God be not blasphemed. This is women of the Bible. This is what God has called. To do. Not just because the girls are going out. And you know, they may be going to I've heard this before. <laughs> some man, male review. You. You, hopefully it's good. Nobody seems to know anything about that. That's good. It's not a place that a Christian woman should be from what I'm understanding. And so there are things that God expects of us. When we look at God's organization for the church. Elders and deacons. Guess what? The wives play a part in that. You know, God doesn't want an elder in the church to have a wife who's run amok in the world, who's going out there doing any and everything she wants. As, uh, as, as, as in Eddie, in our, in our lesson on Sunday morning, the children of Israel, they're doing whatever they. Wanted them to do, they were doing their own thing. Uh, and Eddie's doing a great job of, of portraying that in <laughs> uh, his teaching. That's not what God wants you as women to be doing. He wants you to be the wife of one man, He wants you to support Him, to be that help meet for Him. And again, man, that doesn't give you the right to take advantage of Him so together, we want Christian homes in the church. You know, when, when we're having a fellowship in our home, we're not running and you know, hiding all the alcohol so the, my brothers and sisters in Christ can't see it. We want our home to be a home that we can open up and, you know, we're not hiding anything because we're doing the will of God. We're doing what God would be pleased with. And so I want to go back to something because this is something that you women need to be mindful, of, especially young women, young women considering to get married. Ephesians chapter five. We're going back to that chapter where Paul talked about husband and wives. And from what I've been hearing, years ago when I was growing up, I guess, and going to weddings used to always hear the wedding vows. used to hear, you know, to love and obey and all these things. And that stuff's been taken out of the Bible. Out of, excuse me, out of the, uh, the vows. But according to scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. And so there's a reason why God has established the family the way it is. And when the family doesn't operate the way God would have it to operate, only one thing can happen. Things that don't, things that God didn't expect to happen, happen. And so just because you go to work and the girls say, oh yeah, I did this, and you know, just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean you have to. Men, just because your boys are doing it, doesn't mean you have to. Young people, just because your friends are going there, doesn't mean you have to. Jesus says, we're going to go back as we prepare to bring this message to a close, Jesus says, broad is the, oh, the way. He says, Wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many are going to be that go in there out. I do want us to go back to our scripture text. And I want us to read a little bit further down what Jesus says. For the sake of time, if you begin at verse number 21 in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out demons, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Jesus says, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And so this morning, the call from the word of God is that although may be doing it, and it's a good thing. It's not something that always should be some, something that we as Christians do. Because I'm sure we can look at we can turn on our television. We don't even have to turn on television. Now we can just click and go on the computer. We can see all kinds of things the world is doing. It shouldn't be something I want to do because everybody's doing it. And so young people, again, you're encouraged to follow the words of Paul to Timothy. Let no man despise of youth, but be an example of the believer. And those things that he mentions in, in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, and faith, in purity, those are the things that we should be an example of. For men, hold fast to the word of God. Preach The truth. Preach it in season and out of season. Preach sound doctrine. Don't worry about what the fellows are doing. Because if they're going a different direction than God, let them go. They don't want to follow you. They don't want to do the things that God would have you to do. Let them go. Women, be a woman of the Bible. Be that virtuous woman. We have men already disqualifying themselves. But don't let you be the one that disqualifies them from being the man of God. That God will have them. You. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, maybe you recognize just from what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that, you know what, not everybody says to me in that day, Lord, Lord, is going to go into heaven. Maybe I'm a worker of iniquity. Well, Isaiah said, it's our iniquities that separate us from God. If you want to be with God, you've got to overcome the iniquities. Iniquities are just sins. If you transgress the law of God, it's a sin. And you need to repent of that. You heard the word? Jesus came and died for the sins of the world. You have to believe that he is in fact. You heard Brother Bill say this morning, we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's who he is. You have to repent of your sins. Recognize that you no longer want to follow the world, no longer want to follow your friends, Everybody's doing it, no longer even want to do what you want to do. Jesus said, take off your cross and follow me. He says, if you can't deny yourself, you're not worthy of me. And so if you want to do that, you can do that this morning. Confess the sweetest name known to the mortal tongue. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the. Lord of the living God. Then put him on the watery grave of baptism. I'm sure the water's ready. If it's not, we can get it ready in, in a matter of five minutes. You can go down to the watery grave of baptism, rise to walk in newness of life. Become a child of God. You came in a sinner, you can walk out of saint. It's a beautiful thing. You don't have to wait until baptizing Sunday like some of our religious friends. Or the first you know, maybe it's the first month of the year. So now you've got to God, and you recognize that maybe you've been following what everybody's doing. You've been doing what my friends in school do, what my buddies do, my homeboys on the street, what what my girls in the office have been telling me. You need to correct that, because maybe what they're telling you is not what God is telling you. You can come down, you can let that be known, you can repent of those sins, you come down, give Michael your hand, give Jesus your heart. You can make that correction today before we leave. And I appreciate James, trust and obey is a song that's selected. That's what we need to do on this morning. That's what God is calling us to do. Not what everybody's doing. Trust him and obey. As together we stand and sing, you come and let your wishes come.